0: You know, we gather today in our homes or wherever you may be watching, and we believe in faith that meeting for worship like this matters. You know, Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. It's something we believe. We hope it's something you believe that Jesus has not abandoned us. He is with us, even as we gather virtually, not just two or three, but hundreds of us as we gather, he is there amongst us. Let's believe this in faith, even as the ashes fall all around us. Let's believe that God's presence is here, that God can make good come out of even the ashes in our lives. You know that my daily devotional this morning opened with Jesus's words, I stand at the door and knock. It's an invitation by Jesus to let him in. It's an invitation for us to pay attention to his voice, pay attention to his presence as we study his word, as we worship him this morning. Take a look at verse 1. Psalm 96 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. It's not a suggestion, but a command to sing. Now imagine the Israelites in exile and their command to sing. How would they do such a thing? But they needed to be reminded in the midst of their exile, in the midst of their struggle and their pain, that God truly still is a good and present and real and holy king, the king of all creation. Or imagine the Jews of Jesus' time and the Roman Empire suffering under their oppression. And here they are going to the synagogue or maybe going to the temple, and here is Psalm 96 being sung. And they sang familiar songs that became new as their voice broke through the restraints of their present circumstances, as they saw the possibilities, as they partnered with God, and if truly when Jesus came, for all the Jews who turned their hearts and minds to the true king, and they found their true hope, realized that their God is good, even when life seemed to say otherwise, their God is good. Or imagine Paul in prison, Here, Paul is suffering for being faithful to the Lord. Acts 16.25 reports about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. See, when you face your toughest times, when the ashes fall, ask God to give you a new song. Do you need to sing a new song in your life to remember that God is truly king in your life, do your circumstances lead you to believe that your prayers have no hope, or that the ashes coming down around you—that oh, they're never going to go away? Where's your heart and your mind this morning? See, Jesus knocks on the door and wants us to pay attention, listen to His voice, and welcome Him in. L- welcome Him into your worship. Welcome Him in to your attitude. Welcome Him in to your mind and your heart today welcome him in let him fill you with hope today you see throughout this psalm as we read psalm 96 you may have noticed that we see the lord being invoked in hebrew this is the holy and revered name of god yahweh which means i am what i am now this is the name that god reveals to moses at the burning bush and the irony of god using fire to reveal himself as fire's rage around us The I am is sending you to Pharaoh, God says to Moses. This is the one whom early Christians called an all-consuming fire, Yahweh the Lord, the I am. It's a reminder that Jesus, who claimed, I am the way and the truth and the life, that the I am is with us amidst the ashes. And then we look at verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. In Hebrew, Yahweh malach. Some translate this as Yahweh is king, because malach in Hebrew can mean king, but it actually isn't a noun, it's actually a verb. And so it really reads more like this. Yahweh is being kinged. See, God is taking his rightful throne. It's this image letting God's people know who is in charge. Yahweh Malach only occurs a few times in the Psalms, but it is a central theme in every one of the Psalm. Yahweh the King, Yahweh is being King. Now it's not surprising since the majority of the Psalms were written by Kings. Think of David, think of Solomon, but what does God being a King mean? What does that look like? Well, Psalm 47 and 93, 96, 97, 98, 99, they've all been classified as enthronement psalms. See, Psalm 96 was sung every year by Israel to commemorate that Yahweh was their true king and not the false idols and not the false gods from the surrounding nations. And so Israel in Psalm 96 and the enthronement psalms is asserting that God has always been and always will be king Even when our circumstances lead us to believe otherwise, God is still on the throne. And so Psalm 96 sings a new song. The Lord reigns even amongst the ashes. God is still king. See, God wants us to trust him when life feels out of control. God is still king. And then we look at verse five. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols See, but the Lord made the heavens. These worthless idols, you might think that idols are a thing of the past, but the ancients, just like us, find ways to try to create certitude in their life, to create certainty, to control their future. They make an offering to control a certain God. Well, we do similar things too. You see, 2020 has been a year for the record books, right? A year of uncertainty, coronavirus, economic collapse, cultural unrest, church reopening, enclosures, political divisions, and now fires raging. Uncertainty is the theme of the year. You see, in many ways, we all are under this illusion that we were in control. That See, the gods and idols that we serve, us modern people, may not be images carved out of wood or out of stone, but we may seek many ways to secure safety and security and certainty outside of God. Those are our idols. See, you have a choice each day to acknowledge the true king and worship him amidst your very real circumstances. Sing to the Lord a new song. For all the false gods and and the, the false ways will lead you astray. Psalm 96, remember who is being kinged and who has always been king and always will be king. You have a choice today. So don't let the ashes crush your spirits or consume your thoughts or extinguish your faith. You see, the Psalms invite us to delight in God amidst the pain and amidst the unknown, amidst the storms, amidst the ashes. We're invited to remember who's king. We can turn to God who is our shelter from the storm. See, the Psalms teach you to love God most because whatever you love the most, you'll ultimately serve. And so whatever you love, you will make Lord. If you love alcohol, it will rule your life. If you delight in food too much, it will consume you. Seek power and you will live your life in order to gain and keep control. If you love importance, then you'll want everyone to know your life was important and significant. Maybe you crave safety and certainty and then you'll be fearful when you can't have that safety and certainty. Whatever you crave becomes your idol. It becomes your Lord, becomes your King. But only one King can save you. Only one King can truly shelter you from the storm. Only one Lord will meet us at the end of our lives. And this is the one king who presents himself today for us to remember to worship and to serve. We take a look at verse 13. Psalm 96 says, you know, before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. See, each day you must decide if you will sing this new song to the Lord, the true king the one who's inviting you to remember he is the true one to follow every day. He's the one who wants to rule over your life every day. So don't sing the praises of these false idols in your life. Don't hold on to stuff tightly. It won't last. Don't hold on to temporary things. In fact, don't hold on to your stuff tightly. Hold on to temporary things lightly. Remember what really lasts. Live your life with the end in mind. Live your life with verse 13 in mind. There will be a king who will come to judge. See, the Lord is coming back to assess how much we trusted him and used his resources to love God and to love others. See, there's no possession, no power, no praise can ever compare to Jesus, your King. There's no safety or security or certainty that compares to sheltering in Christ. It was a church called Hope Christian Church up in Paradise, California. They had just renovated their building in 2018 when fire destroyed everything in that town, including their church. Worship leader, Gina Pappas and Pastor Stan Friedish, they're going to share on this video about their church regathering after the fire and the lessons that they learned. Take a look. In a church that was very gracious to give us um, a place to meet. And I told them, you know, we sing songs um, and we mean them and we worship But all of those songs about trusting, uh, we're living them now. I mean, we are living them moment to moment. And it was an amazing worship time. I can't, I don't really have the words to describe uh, the feeling that day.
1: Everybody was so glad to see everybody. There were no cliques, Uh, there was no age barriers. Everybody was just running up and hugging one another uh, the whole time. It was the most, and I've been in some powerful, powerful worship experiences that changed my life. This was the most powerful experience I ever had because people were standing around hugging each other and taking communion together, praying together. It's hard to explain, but when everything you own burns up and you've been teaching all your life that life is about loving God, loving people, and relationships, it was almost freeing. When the church first met, it quickly wasn't, did you lose your home, it was who didn't, because everybody you talked to lost their home just about. We have found a deeper sense of joy um, because of our family and our friends that we have. We appreciate it more, so there's good things that come out of the worst of things with God. But the mind blower was over here, Uh, this cross didn't burn and it's inches away from this burning wall. One of my kids sent me this picture after the fire and the cross was still standing and said, "Uh, Daddy, hope is still alive. Hope is in the hearts of the people. It's not the building. I I I told the church this is our defining moment. We've been saying every week for eight years, in Christ we always have hope. Now it's time to prove that we have hope in Jesus always. And that doesn't mean it's easy and I don't want to ever demean anybody's pain. I tell them it's okay to feel what you feel. But God is still a good, good daddy. He's a good father. And he's still here with us.
0: You know, the call to sing to the Lord a new song takes on a whole new meaning. When everything you have is gone. When you lost everything, when everything you own burns up, all you have left is the cross. The amazing thing is that this cross is the only thing that remained, the only thing that withstood the raging fires. And on it, it says, if you look closely, love God and love people. You know, if our church building burned down, it would be terrible, but we know it wouldn't be the end. It wouldn't be the end of the church for sure. See, when Jesus returns and asks us to give account of what we did with all the gifts He gave us, I don't think He'll be asking about our church attendance, or ask about our size of our budget, or even ask about our facilities. But He will measure us and how we loved Him and how we loved others. And when everything burns up, when everything's gone, you remember the most important and the essential things: serving and knowing the King answering the call to let him in, loving God, loving people. You know, legend has it that long ago there ruled in Persia a wise and a good king. He loved his people. He wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know about their hardships. So often he dressed in the clothes of a working man or a beggar and went to the homes of the poor And no one whom he visited thought that he was the ruler. And one time he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. And he, the king, ate the coarse food that the poor man ate. And he spoke cheerful, kind words to him. And then he left. And later he visited the poor man again and disclosed his identity by saying, I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for some gift or favor, but he didn't. Instead, he said, You left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark and dreary place. You ate the coarse food I ate. You brought gladness to my heart. To others, you have given your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. You see, Yahweh the King is looking at you today, and he wants to give you himself. So don't settle for being religious. Don't trust in any other security but Jesus don't settle for short-sighted living that lives for temporary things of today, things that will not last. And without thinking about the accounting that we will give in the end, don't settle with these false senses of security. See, nothing is secure except knowing Jesus. And even as the fires rage and the ashes and all fall around us, to remind you, to remind me, God has not abandoned you. He's not abandoned us. He's with us right now. He's knocking on the door, He's saying, We sing the new song, a song of hope, a song of truth, loving God, loving people. Please join me in a prayer. King Jesus, what can we say? We know that you are real. And since sometimes, Lord, we forget, in our minds, we know you're present. Lord, help us in deep inside in our hearts, our spirits, our souls, with our minds, worship you. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Yes, we want to believe that you are real and know that you are king. But we want to live our lives like that. So we want to not hold on to tightly things that will not last. We want to hold them lightly, Lord, with open hands. Lord, we want to make space for our hands to do the work of your kingdom while we are on this earth. You've given us assignment, yes, to love you and to love others. Oh, Lord, we do continue to pray for those who are, who are suffering, especially from these fires, Lord. We know, Lord, there are many ways that we as a church can come alongside. May you, you continue to show us, Lord, how we can walk with those who are hurting And in the midst of that, may people get a glimpse that you are the true king as they watch our lives. Maybe not big things, Lord, maybe just small things that point to your greatness. And Lord, may we never mistake religion for the relationship with you. Oh, Lord, forgive us for confusing those things. We want to know you, serve you, oh, and be in this deep relationship with you, our Lord, our King. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for always being present. Would you reveal your kindness to us today? And it's in your name we pray, amen.